Uh, well, good evening. Uh, for those of you who don't remember me, my name is uh, Andrew, uh, as Dave has already said, um, and I'm from Arundel Presbyterian Church. And uh, like I said this morning, uh, to be able to come back two weeks in a row, I think, uh, is uh, particularly encouraging um, for me. Uh, because it's easy to come along to a church once and, and just speak and get to know people and go, but to have the privilege of being able to come back twice, I think, uh, allows me to already know a little bit about the, the church family that comes together here. Uh, and so when you come back the second time, I feel like I know you guys a little bit more. I feel a bit more connected to the community. And it is a great reminder, again, to me, uh, like I think I said this last week, that um, uh, we are part of the Universal Church. I might be down on the Gold Coast of Arundel, uh, you guys up on the mountain, but the privilege of being able to come two weeks ago reminds me that we are still all part of God's family, uh, which is uh, really exciting. Uh, and as part of God's family, we're here today to take a look at 3 John and to get us thinking about that, on the 29th of May, uh, 1953, uh, Edmund Hillary and Tanzing Norgay made history. Now, does anybody know what they did? How did they make history? They were the first known people to reach the top of Mount Everest. Uh, now, there have been other attempts over the years before uh, uh, Hillary and, and uh, what's his name, Tenzing, got to remember that. There have been other attempts before Hillary and Tenzing made it to the top, but these are the first two guys to make it, uh, and because of that, they're famous. Now, the thing is, uh, and this is the point of, of the story, well, these two guys, they didn't do it alone. Uh, you see, they had a team uh, working in fellowship. Uh, all of them working to get Edmund and Tenzing to the top. But can anyone name just one other person who was there on the expedition with them trying to get to the top? So apart from, uh, from Hillary and Tenzing, who knows who else was involved, part of the team trying to get them to the top? I have no idea. Uh, I did take a look a few of them up, uh, try and figure out who they were, but I've never heard of them. Nobody knows who they are. Uh, but what I do know is, well, there were at least 400 men on the support team working together to get these two guys to the top. So Edmund and Tenzing didn't do it alone. It took about 360 uh, uh, porters to carry all of their stuff to base camp. And then it took about another 20 Sherpas to then guide them up the side of the mountains to get them within Kui of the top. A few others tried to make it to the top with them, but in the end, for only 400 people working together in fellowship just to get these two guys to the top. That is a beautiful thing, and that reflects the message of 3 John. Thanks for the slide. Next one, please. Uh, that reflects the message of 3 John. You see, there is a job to be done. Christ needs to be taken out to the world around us. The hope of salvation, the hope of forgiveness, the hope of eternity needs to be taken out to the world around us. There is a job to be done and it takes a team effort. Brothers and sisters working together in fellowship to help and to support and to love those who are trying to make Christ known in the world around us. That's the message of 3 John. So on that note, let me pray, and then we're going to work our way through the book of 3 John. If you've got a Bible, it'd be great to keep it open at 3 John, because as I go through it verse by verse, it'd be great for you guys to double-check that what I'm saying 
matches what's written in God's word. So let me pray and then we'll dive into 3 John. Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, we want to thank you, Father, that you are a God who didn't just make creation, wind it up, set it into motion, and then step back and let us wallow uh, in our own sin and misery, Lord, and the fallouts of our own rebellion. Now, you are a God who loves this world, who made this world, who wants to be in a relationship with this world. And so, God, you have entered into this world through the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, to give us hope. And Lord, you have given us the gift of, of your word, the Bible, to teach us about that great hope. Uh, the gift of your word that you have given us as a gift to take out into the world around us. So as we take a look at the message of 3 John, we pray that we are challenged by your word. We are transformed by it, Lord, and we are encouraged by it, that we will better serve you and know how to serve you over the weeks and months and years to come. Amen. Okay, so I want us to start tonight by trying to put the, the book of 3 John into context. Uh, um, because when you take a look, beginning uh, at verse 1, what you'll see is, well, this is a letter written by the elder, uh, which is just another title used by the Apostle Paul to describe himself. Uh, on the other hand, now there's, there's a map of Turkey. Uh, and the, the elder, the Apostle John, well, it was his responsibility uh, to, take a, uh, to look after a whole bunch of churches uh, that was spread throughout modern-day Turkey uh, on the map up there. Uh, it helps show you where he was kind of responsible for. Uh, and uh, he, John, well, his base was in Ephesus, down on the, the bottom left uh, down there. That was his home church. That's where he was based. Uh, and the Apostle John would then send out missionaries from Ephesus to go out amongst uh, Turkey to visit all the local churches to teach about Jesus uh, to do missionary evangelism type work throughout the area, uh, to make Christ known in the world. Uh, and at one of these regional churches spread throughout uh, Turkey somewhere, we don't know exactly where, uh, where, where, there was a guy called Gaius, a good guy. Uh, and you see his name in verse 1 there. Uh, and in another church, uh, there is a guy called Diotrephus. And you see his name in verse 9. Gaius and Diotrephus there, in a church, they're in a church somewhere in modern-day Turkey. Uh, and as we take a look at the letter now, as we go through it verse by verse, what we're going to see is that, well, John rejoices over Gaius, but he rebukes Diotrephes. And we're going to see why he rejoices over Gaius and why he's rebuking Diotrephes. Have a look at verse 2, for starters, uh, and let's see why John rejoices over Gaius. Verse 2. Uh, dear friend, that's guys, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy when some of the believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, uh, telling how you continue to walk in it. Uh, so straight away, John says that he's uh, filled with joy for guys. Uh, to hear that somebody, uh, somebody's walking faithfully uh, in the truth, that he's walking in the truth, uh, make, uh, it fills God, uh, John with joy. And in fact, seeing a brother walking in the truth, well, that's actually the greatest source of joy for the Apostle John. Take a look at verse 4. Uh, I have no greater joy. Nothing gives John more joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So nothing, nothing gives John more joy than to hear that he, to see his children walking in the truth. And so John isn't just trying to list here just a few of his 
uh, favourite things that make him feel good about himself. Uh, he isn't saying, uh, dear guys, here's a list of my few favourite things. I like raindrops and roses and whiskers on kittens. I like brown paper packages wrapped up in string. And I really, really, really like it when my brothers and sisters in Christ walk in the truth. Now, as John uh, writes to guys, uh, he's saying absolutely nothing gives him more joy than seeing his children walk in the truth. See, last week we, we, we heard Paul uh, say, uh, tell us to, to practice what we preach, lead by example, live out the gospel. In John 3 here, nothing gives the Apostle John more joy than seeing his children walk in the truth. It's really the same thing, practice what you preach, walk in the truth. And so the phrase walking in the truth, well, that's important to understand because... Well, if you don't understand what it means to walk in the truth, then you're going to miss the point of 3 John. And because whatever Gaius is doing, whatever he's doing right, that's what we need to learn from as well. Because if you want to live the sort of life that fills the Apostle John with joy, then we need to be like Gaius. We need to walk in the truth. So... If you suddenly found yourself sitting at a cafe with a friend that you've invited to come join you and read the Bible with, with you, a, a new person at church, a, 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 someone you've known for years, a new, a, somebody you've met in the street and you've invited them to come along and read the Bible with you as a Christian, uh, and you're sitting there reading your way through the book of 1 John and you come across this verse here, and they ask, well, what, what does it mean to walk in the truth? How would you ask them? How would you answer them? It's a rhetorical question, but... What do you think it means to walk in the truth? Well, to walk in the truth means that your life is dedicated to loving. Uh, Loving Christ, loving others, especially loving your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, Now, in the book, in the letter of 3 John, he doesn't explicitly state walking walking in the truth means this. He doesn't explicitly def- define it, but he does tell us what walking in truth means in, the, in the, his earlier letter to John. Uh, and in fact, on the overhead now, I've got a, a couple of verses from 2 John. Uh, it says 1 John, but it's actually 2 John, uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 4, uh, where he, he starts to tell us, show us how walking in the truth means walking in love, starting at verse 4, 2 John, verse 4. Uh, it has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father has commanded us. So notice the the same language has been used in the two book, in the two letters. Now, dear lady, I'm not writing you a new commandment, but one that you've had from the beginning. Uh, I ask that we love one another, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. Uh, So to walk in the truth means to walk uh, in obedience to his command to love, Uh, And looking at the end of verse 6 there, as you've heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. So in a roundabout kind of way, uh, John is saying to walk in the truth is to walk in love. Uh, Dedicate yourself to loving Christ, loving others. Uh, Thanks for that. Uh, So turning now back to guys, back to 3 John now. Uh, John knows that guys here is walking in the truth, that he's walking in love, uh, because his love for Christ 
Well, it leads him to now help and to support and to love his brothers in Christ who are travelling around trying to make Christ known throughout Turkey. Uh, Gaius is just like one of those 400 Sherpas working in the background, one of the unsung heroes working in the background behind the scenes trying to help Hillary get to the top. In fact, take a look, uh, if you've got the Bible there, take a look at 3 John verse 5 in particular. He says, uh, John says to Gaius, Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they're strangers to you. Uh, They've told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honours God. It was for the sake of the name. It is for the sake of Christ that they went out. Uh, So for John, there is no greater joy than seeing a brother like Gaius walking in the truth, walking in his love for Christ and his love for for his brothers Shown in the way that he is welcoming the brothers who are coming to try and make Christ known. Shown in the way that he is helping to send these brothers in Christ out into the world to make Christ known. And another really helpful thing to notice about Gaius is, well, he isn't one of the members that are going around as a teacher or a missionary throughout Turkey. Uh, He's not one of the people who are going out to all the different towns, standing in the marketplace, speaking out loud to tell people about Christ, uh, going around knocking on doors in all the different towns around uh, modern-day Turkey. Uh, So in many ways, he is just like you and me, the average person in the pew like you and me. He's not the one on the road as the missionary, but he is actively loving and serving and supporting those who are. And as he generously serves and loves and supports them in the mission, by default, he becomes a part of their team, united with them in the mission. Take a look at verse 6, 3 John verse 6. You'll do well to send them on their way in a manner that honours God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought therefore to show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth. Uh, Sir Isaac Newton once said, if I have seen further than others, it is because I have stood on the shoulders of giants. The Apostle John, the elder, is asking guys to let these travelling preachers, to let these missionaries stand on his shoulders, support them, help them, love them generously so they can go further and wider in their attempt to spread the truth and the good news about Jesus. The Apostle John is asking guys to be like one of the 400 Sherpas, helping and working behind the scenes to help them go further and wider. So as we study guys, he stands there as an example, as a challenging example for us. Uh, for all of God's ordinary people who are just an everyday part of God's church. Uh, He makes us ask questions about ourselves. Uh, Questions like, as we see those around us trying to spread the good news of Jesus, teaching other people about the hope found in Jesus, how generous are we in supporting them? What's something that we can do to support our brothers and sisters. You see, asking these types of questions, 
uh, looking for ways to support those who are trying to make Christ known in the world around us. Uh, That's how you make an apostle like John rejoice. That's how you walk together in the truth. So what can you do as Tambourine Mountain Presbyterian Church, do as individuals and as a church to support the spread of the gospel across the mountain, across Queensland, across the globe. Remember, Gaius isn't the one out there on the pavement walking around with the missionaries, uh, standing there in the middle of the town squares and all the different towns, but he is told to love and serve and work in fellowship with these guys, to be a fellow worker for the truth so you don't have to be in full-time paid ministry. You don't have to be a missionary in deepest, darkest Africa uh, to be a fellow worker for the truth. You don't have to be rich and confident. Uh, You don't have to be young and full of energy. You don't have to be old and full of wisdom. You don't have to be extroverted. You just have to be a Christian committed to loving Christ and committed to looking for ways to help support the spread of the gospel. And so for Geist, so Geist encourages us to ask, how can I love Christ and love and support those who are trying to help the gospel spread across the mountain? Now, if you want to know the answer to those questions... If you're not sure of anything you can do to help in your different ways, uh, then you've got a few options. Uh, Firstly, uh, try speaking to the person next to you, having a chat about it. Think through uh, with the person next to you, what is something that the two of you can do to help spread the gospel across the mountain, spread it across Queensland? Or maybe you can go up to Dave or the elders. Uh, You could go up to the the kids' church leaders, the Sunday school teachers, or the scripture uh, teachers in your local school and ask them how you can help them make Christ known amongst the kids. Or or there are also a few things we can all do together to make a difference for the gospel in small, different ways. Things like simply turning up as regularly as possible, as your age and stage of life allows you to do. Uh, If everyone is committed to turning up each week, if you're anything like the church I go to, uh, if everybody is committed to turning up each week, you'll notice the difference. Uh, in the number of people that come together each week, your numbers grow. And just by turning up each week and seeing the numbers grow, you open up so many more opportunities to be able to serve, uh, serve each other and to help make Christ known. Uh, it allows us to be able to follow each other up, ask each other, how are you going? Uh, it allows us uh, to pastorally uh, be aware of each other, the needs for each other. Uh, it helps us to know what we can pray for each other helps us to have conversations, to hear about opportunities we're not aware of, to pray for and to serve in. Uh, it helps us, opens up so many opportunities to be able to serve, for each, serve each other, care for each other. It just changes the dynamics of knowing that you're a part of a large family who is working together in fellowship to make Christ known. It is a small thing, but it is a powerful thing. Or well, maybe if you're already coming along each week, uh, you could put yourself down on a roster. A simple little way to serve. Or maybe you could go over and welcome someone new each week, somebody you've never met before, to help build those bonds of fellowship in the church. Uh, maybe you could call up a friend during the week, asking them how they're going. Is there something you could pray for? 
little things like that help spread the hope and, and, the, and, the, and the love that is found in the gospel. Uh, maybe you could invite a brother or sister around for lunch or for dinner during the week to see how they're going, to pray for them. Uh, now, keep in mind, it's not because uh, I'm trying to be task-focused uh, and give a list of different tasks that you can do, or maybe uh, I'm not trying to make people feel guilty uh, as I'm throwing out all of these ideas. Uh, no, it's because as we look for opportunities to love each other, to support each other, to help each other, we begin to work together as a team, as a family, And we begin to open up opportunities for God's church to to share the gospel with the community around us as far and as wide as possible. See, that's the challenge Gaius puts before us. Thinking through how we can look for opportunities to support and love each other and those who are trying to take the gospel out. Now, as we turn back to uh, 3 John again and we look at the last couple of verses, in verse 9 in particular, well, there is another way that we can all uh, work together to support the gospel. Uh, There's one more important way that we can help make Christ known and that's through not being like Diotrephes. We're to be like Gaius in what he does, but we're to not be like Diotrephes. Uh, We see everything we mustn't do if we want to support the gospel. Uh, Take a look at verse 9 at how Diotrephes works against the spread of the gospel by putting himself first uh, and his personal interests first. Verse 9. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. So when I come, I'll call attention to what he's doing, spreading malicious nonsense nonsense about us. Not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome other brothers. See, these are the believers, the brothers and sisters in Christ, who are going around trying to make Christ known. He refuses to welcome them. You see, Geotrephus is more concerned about getting his way. He's more concerned about protecting his authority, his position in the church. He's worried others will come and disrupt the balance of power. He'll lose control, that he'll lose his balance of power that he has, and he doesn't like that. And in verse 10, he even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stopped those who want to do so by putting them out of the church. Dear friends, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. So instead of generously supporting John in his mission, instead of generously supporting the spread of the good news found in Jesus across Turkey, the good news of salvation, Geotrophy's attitude works against it through playing power games in his church. This is a man who's more concerned about himself, his own little empire, his own little community than he is for working with God's people to make Christ known. Uh, And so Gaius and Geotrophus... They're two very different people. One helps the spread of the gospel through loving, generous support. The other works against the spread of the gospel through selfish power games. And so as we finish here, can I encourage us to be like Gaius? 
Uh, and not like Diotrephus. Embrace fellowship. Embrace working in, as a loving fellowship, as a loving team in our efforts to make Christ known with eyes open, looking for opportunities to support the spread of the gospel, to support those who are trying to take the good news of Jesus out into the world. Be like guys and reject power games. Or in other words, beloved, don't imitate evil, but imitate good. So be like guys. Walk in the truth. Walk as a loving, supportive family as we strive to make Christ known. Let's pray. Lord God, we want to thank you and praise you for the great hope that we have in Jesus. That this world is not all there is. That the suffering, the sadness, the broken relationships, the brokenness in this world is not all there is. But you have given us the hope of forgiveness, the hope of eternal life, the hope of restoration and healing forever through the gift of your son, Jesus. And so, God, we pray that you'll give us eyes to see how we, in our own lives, how we can help share that hope with the world around us. But, Lord, more importantly, we pray that you will give us eyes to see how we can work together as a team, as a family united in our love for Jesus. Give us eyes to see how, as a united family, we can help make Christ known to the world and that you would give us the joy of seeing the fruit of the gospel at work in the hearts of the people across the mountain, across Queensland, across Australia, Lord. We pray this for your glory. Amen.